0: Welcome to the Educated Hustle podcast. This is your host Paul Latimer with my co-host Emilio Porter. Emilio,
1: what's going on? Hey man, once again, just glad to be out here, still doing it, man. You know what I'm saying? We've come a long way. We've come a long way, so it's good to know that we're still out here.
0: Exactly. We're we're not quitting. And with the long way, I've also, I know me personally, have had some hiccups along the way wouldn't you say so
1: yeah and i think i think um you know a little insider access to show you guys that you know this is still a learning process for us let's let's play a little hiccup and see what happens when you got the question in your mind but instead what comes out is you know your, your grandma's favorite gumbo
0: it's been like you know trying to travel and things like that trying to trying to get into relationships and things like that is it is it, is it tough to find you know a steady person on the road and things like that but yeah, so I, I mean, I after listening to that again, I mean, I was pretty much humbled. I had no idea that that was going to come out when I was actually doing the interview. And it's funny because we go back and we listen to the unedited version and you hear stuff like that. And I'm sure you've heard stuff like that on your end as well, right?
1: Oh, man. I mean. I don't know nothing to that extent, but <laughs> you know it's, it's a learning process, and I I think I think what we established with that one is you know things like that works on so many different levels, right? It's such a comforting phrase to say that you get you get all caught up into it, and then you realize, oh wait, I kind of used that one a little bit over, overdue on that part, a little
0: overmuch. But much. That, like that's not something I use in everyday conversation. So when I said it in the
1: question, I was more like, what?
0: Why would I, I sound like a broken record.
1: <laughs> and you know what I think it really comes from, we don't really record ourselves every day conversation, because there's been times where you talk to people and they say things a lot and you, you hear it in your head, but you're like, well, you just keep on going so I don't really got time to dwell on it. It's kind of like when people say, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You feel me? You know what I'm saying? Are you feel me? We, we kind of been tailored to hear that and not think otherwise. We'll just think, man, he says a lot of that, but we're not going to kind of call it out. So, yeah, when you're on that platform, you're having to hear yourself back by yourself. Things become really noticeable, and you start to realize, oh, man, I, I kind of lean on that word or phrase a little bit too much. And, I mean, like 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 you said, it, it happens. There's a lot of phrases that I kind of lean on to and a lot of things that I do. But it's a learning process. We got eliminated by the, you know, it's all said and done.
0: <laughs> exactly. And I feel like maybe doing this podcast will make me more verbally accepted or I can't even find the word for it but
1: see I thought he was about to do it all over again.
0: (laughs) See I stopped myself. I stopped myself. I learned thought about what I want to say and it still didn't come out right but at least at least it wasn't like a broken record man. I'm I'm just trying not to do that again. So we learn as we go.
1: Pretty much learn as you go and be creative. Speaking of creativity, I think we got someone lined up who's got a little 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 experience and safe zone being creative ain't that right
0: yeah yeah and i would say that he really embraces the weird as he calls it uh his name is brian bernhardt brian a bernhardt i should say and he his interview is really enlightening as far as him as an artist he's an artist and what he's really trying to do is promote his artwork uh via a website called patreon which he'll explain more in the interview but it's basically something that he does independently so that his listeners can support him by getting, giving him some money, $1, $5, uh, as much as they want. And in return, he'll create them something based on the level of income that they give him. So it's really an interesting topic that that he's, he's done. And he's done so many things along the way. He's got about 15, 20 years of experience doing other ventures. So you'll get to learn more about what he does and what he has done in the past and how he hasn't allowed his creativity to go away in the many ventures that he's done.
1: Yeah, and that's something very important. You got to realize that it's hard out there. There's a lot of artists, a lot of people who can do incredible things, but you kind of have to keep pushing yourself and make sure you kind of get your work out there and let it be shown. And he's going to drop some nuggets on how exactly you can do that. But, you know, definitely an episode for the artists, creative people out there. He has his hand in a lot of a lot of things and just hearing him talk you're gonna be like wow I didn't even know he was a part of that so you learn a lot from him you know and he deals with the same thing trying to get his artwork out there so even on the level of success he has he still has to kind of be creative and fandangle and finesse his way into trying to get some uh situations to kind of show off what he does so it's a very humbling and human story to hear Exactly,
0: and I know we know some artists out there that need this podcast. you know them artists that's been out there promoting promoting, promoting, but they can't seem to find that hump to get over. I know that y'all out there, so you definitely need to tune in, get some tidbits here and there, rework your strategy, keep going, and hopefully you grab it and and make your your art your artistry go to the next level
1: for sure it's like it's like our last guest, Ed Wimp said be able to reevaluate your business plan man be able to reevaluate your business plan yeah and that's something we're doing on a daily basis right oh all the time man all the time
0: <laughs> <laughs> all righty without further ado here's Brian a Bernhard trying to spread his artwork to the people all right we're here with our guest today. His name is Brian Bernhardt. He's a multi-award winning Emmy, telly, other festivals. Uh, he's done digital media, producing, directing. And right now, he's really, really focused on uh, his artwork and uh, becoming an artist. Um, Brian, hi, how are you doing today, man?
2: I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm alive. Talking with you guys. Things are good.
0: <laughs> I mean, what else can be better? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean,
1: yeah. when you say it like that i feel like we're like the high pedestal so i like that i'd like you ar- coming ar- aren't in. You, like you
0: aren't coming you in. like i've been working my whole
2: career to meet you guys right i mean at least <laughs> up until this moment
0: i don't know how to take that if it's a good thing or if
1: that's it's a great, great thing i've <laughs> <laughs> been doing I mean, all I, these episodes to get I, there I, <laughs> I i stopped what
2: i was doing so we could have this conversation that means that that's that's the priority right now
0: that's what I'm working for. <laughs> exactly and we we really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so just to start just kind of go over you know what what you do and um, and what you wanted to talk about today.
2: Uh, well uh, I guess the, the origins of uh, the little uh, seedling known as Brian started off in uh, the middle of nowhere in southern Virginia um, <laughs> yeah. where I uh, was into lots of Strange music and strange movies uh, for primarily no reason, because there was nobody else around me that I knew of that were into those same types of things. Uh, my, my brother had certainly some influence, but he was also kind of, uh, you know, there was no reason for him to have those things. But I discovered bands like The Residents through following Rabbit Hole's uh that were inspired by groups like Primus. Uh, Primus would have like a hit on MTV and I would check them out and I would explore the credits and their albums and figure out who influenced them. And I would follow this rabbit hole of bizarre, strange artists from all over the place doing weird things that kind of inspired me. And, uh, you know, and I started collecting weird movies uh, about carnivals and freak shows and stuff like that. Uh, eventually I I got it in my head that I wanted to go to art school. And so my undergrad, I went to art school where I majored in sculpture and minored in painting. And uh, while I was doing that, I ended up uh, first uh, working for a company that was in the uh, middle of the Blue Ridge Mountains called the Enchanted Castle. Uh, and, and they built... Large fiberglass sculptures for theme parks and like weird roadside attractions and like dinosaur villages and all kinds of stuff. So I, that's right I, up I worked, alley. So I, yeah, I worked I worked for them and we built things like you know uh, like thirteen foot diameter flying saucers that we then installed on like crashed into the corners of buildings. Um, uh, with aliens falling out, uh, we, you know, we built a, a, uh, a dinosaur themed roadside attraction where it was like, uh, like weird redneck hillbillies battling, uh, like life-size dinosaurs. And it was like a, a thing you could walk through, you know, the, the guy I worked for, uh, at the time, uh, Mark Klein, just like this amazing savant genius, creative guy who would just do crazy stuff like, uh like build a life-size brontosaurus and in the middle of the night put it in like in the median of the freeway like in the grass patch between the two lanes for like absolutely no reason other than the fact that it was something that inspired him to do and it would create a big huge news story uh, the next day and that that was sort of his his art gallery was just these like weird installations overnight in strange places. Like he made a Spider-Man that he installed in a building downtown, like several stories up. So people driving by would see literally a Spider-Man crawling off the side of a building. This is crazy, uh, amazing things. And then uh, worked for him for a while and it sort of gave me this weird feeling that, you know, almost like a warlock where you could, where anything was possible. Like we would just think of stuff and then we would just make stuff and there was no reason not to make that stuff. And then I ended up uh, uh, going back to school after that and getting into video where I, where I taught myself how to create like these video installations because I was in the sculpture department at my university. So I started making lots of video stuff and uh, eventually I graduated and I had to figure out what I was supposed to do. And this, it was at the time, slightly more difficult in the area that I was at to try and get a, a full-time job making crazy monsters. Uh, so I ended up getting, uh, into video production. And eventually I got a job in master control where I was, uh, broadcasting the Simpsons. And then I used that gig to transfer up to New York where I got a job broadcasting in uh, public television. And then eventually I created uh, the idea that I, I decided that I wanted to create a TV show for the public TV, TV station I was working for. So I pitched the idea of just sort of on my, on my downtime at, at the job, just grabbing a camera and going around New York City and uh, interviewing people. And I ended up doing that and I did it for a couple of years and I, up, uh, the show, I created a show called Art or Something Like It where I, I interviewed and profiled hundreds of artists all over New York City, including like tons of my artistic heroes, and that ended up getting uh, nominated for an Emmy. And then I continued producing lots of uh, documentary and TV content that uh, was primarily about uh the arts scene culture and things of that nature uh i eventually went to grad school and uh, for design and technology Parsons, uh, where i started getting into more interactive narrative and design theory stuff then i uh moved out to california to sort of build my own company and explore what that's about and then i've been out here uh producing a lot of documentary content, but then I, I, I got a bug up my butt a few um, last year uh, where I felt like I had been uh, spinning, well, not spinning my wheels, but I, I had been interviewing and profiling and promoting other artists for like a large portion of my adult career. And I started to stray away from a little bit uh, my own uh, exploration of my own creative voice so I decided to start exploring that more and getting a little bit more serious with it, um, while using all the knowledge and influence and and um, just just the stuff that I've picked up along the way over the years of being able to interview, you know, my artistic and creative heroes and being able to work with people on on a really cool level on ver- various other projects, but being able to use that influence and that inspiration from those people and and putting it into uh, my own creative voice and, and then coming out with uh, really probably the most honest representation of of the artwork that I've been doing, which is the whole like embrace the weird thing. Cause that's a, you know, a stigma or a name or whatever that uh, people have been calling me since uh, I was in, you know, for I, since I can remember breathing. So I figured I would just own that. And, and go with it you know That's it's uh kind of what the world branded me uh before i decided to so it seems like it might be a might be a path to go but that's 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 pretty much where i'm at
1: now and i don't know if you guys want more like i traveled Ooh. with you in, in right in <laughs> that was like a story you just told us right
0: there I visualized the, the show and going through that interview and all that yeah. stuff and Saw you okay. getting your award and on stage and everything,
1: but actually, visual like a,
2: journey. I, here's here's something interesting. So so before I left New York, I was I was nominated for about uh, four four Emmys and I had already won two teles. Um But being nominated is not actually winning. You're in the top you know selection, but you, you, you didn't actually win. But it wasn't until the 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 very last TV show that I ever produced for the TV series station that I worked for. In New York, I produced this TV series, and the very, very last piece of content that I edited on my very last day there, I was editing a show that had a deadline that was going to be airing that later that week. But it was my very, very last day where I was putting my keys on my boss's desk and and walking out the door to never go back into the building again. And I put this show on the uh, on on the senior producer's desk. And it was uh, it was about like 11 o'clock at night. I was like nobody else was left in the building because I was like working there, determined to hit this deadline before I left. And I finished the show, put it on the table, and you know then I I left the job. And then a month later, I moved to California. And and then uh, a couple of months after I was in California, uh, was when uh, the Emmys happened, and that's when uh i won i i didn't actually i went to the emmys like twice before i moved to california but then the actual time where i win i was in california so i wasn't i wasn't in new york in, in, in order to be able to uh go on stage and accept the award but my wow. uh my friend uh who was there uh called me on her cell phone and uh like put like i had i was like facetiming uh with the emmys so that was kind of fun
1: Best <laughs> <And, laughs> last day ever right there shoot yeah but that that, um, that,
2: that was kind of a uh a, 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 a nice farewell you know like it was like my my last hoo-ha uh for that tv station and uh you know be, hopefully hopefully i can as i get things ramped up with various projects
0: over here i can uh start getting some more things made like that yeah, it's kind of like when a when when the team wins a championship and then the, the player goes on to another team, but, yeah. you know they still get to come to the White House the next year. That was right, kind of like right. your role. It was yeah. kind 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 of yeah, except uh, you know
2: there there was no budget to fly me back east to uh, <laughs> let me walk on the stage, but that would have been fun. But I still have the the, the, the big statue sitting on my shelf. I was trying to actually find the box to put it in today. I don't know what happened to the box. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh the Box man. is
2: somewhere floating around, collecting yep. dust. And I got to put yeah problems. Mm.
0: Yeah, when you got problems like yo, where, where should I pack my award? You know, that's <laughs> those problems I want to have.
1: Right, exactly. Right. Like where can I put my Emmy to save it? Oh man. <laughs> Oof. Well,
2: I've been we've been living like very close to the to the ocean for a while. And the the unfortunate thing is everything metal that I have is starting to oxidize, so wow. <laughs> I got to figure oh, no. out how to how to like take the rust off of those things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man! Well, Brian, one of the things I wanted to ask you is um, a lot of the one of the hashtags you kind of use to promote yourself is create the unexpected, and yeah. already. For just your answers, you've you've done a lot of great visionary work and art pieces, but I kind of just want to ask, like, if you could describe the date, what has been kind of your most unexpected piece?
2: Most unexpected piece. Um, well, there there are un- lots of unexpected moments that happen within within making stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my my uh, my personal artistic vision i mean that okay well i i used to play on uh uh in a band with my brother we had a we had a pretty heavy industrial rock group uh for a number of years in new york called things outside the skin we played a lot of clubs and like we we toured around a bit and it was it's a pretty heavy stuff and uh we played at a uh, uh, strip club that i don't even know if it still exists so There was a strip club at the bottom and then there's a rock club on top and it was like the same institution it was called i think it was the, the pussycat lounge
1: and it was in the uh, like lower east side uh, wait wait can i stop you for, for right there so you're trying to sure. tell me your band things outside the skin played yeah. at a strip club that was called the pussycat lounge
2: uh, yep, but it, it was, it, it had a rock, a sp- uh, rock band space with a stage on top of the strip club. So, like, you would have to go, like, the ladies wouldn't necessarily be stripping in the rock venue. Like, mm-hmm. so there was, like, two
1: venues in one place called the Pussycat Lounge. <laughs> I just want you to see the sequence of words with me. That's just what's most important. Things outside the skin is playing at puts the cat around for sure strip club. <laughs> for sure,
2: for sure. Uh, but so so the, the 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 moment so that that's not the unexpected part the unexpected part is uh we we're we were playing and we we're rocking out we we're like in the zone we we're doing cool stuff and and then a uh a woman that was not one of the strippers that was just somebody in the audience proceeded to uh disrobe herself in front of the stage and start. Uh, Pleasuring herself to the <laughs> rhythm of our music, Woof. as as we continued to play, and then as we continued to play, somebody joined in with her, uh, a dude, and they proceeded to uh, copulate <laughs> during the in song. Front of you. Like what? In front what? of the entire audience, like Y'all on the dance sake. floor. I mean, do you it guys
0: was like, like was, keep playing or what? what but, we
2: just kept we just kept playing. Like me and my brother looked at each other, like what the fuck? And we, <laughs> but we just we just kept rocking out because, like, what else you got to do? And audience and,
1: participation. And, and, and all like time
2: e- everybody and their brother, like started busting out their little like, uh, like this at the time. It was people, there were smartphones, so people are like shooting video with their flip cameras, their flip phones. Um, uh like like the little tiny shitty thumbnail crap um, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and uh and and so like these this couple they're just like going to town now, i'm not even 100 sure that they knew each other before the show um but then uh we looked around there's like four or five other couples just going to town like full on you know getting busy so it just became and, a huge well, orgy. so exactly like we're at this rock <laughs> show on top of a strip club And it turns into like this crazy orgy and that like that, that I got to say, I mean, sure, we were in a strip club, but it's not legal to have full on sex in a strip club. I mean, that's just not a thing that is generally allowed. I'm not against it by any means. I mean, if people want to have fun doing what they do, but like that, I I, that was pretty unexpected. I must say, man, um,
1: it's, the, I mean, it's the name, man. Things outside the skin just get some going every time, right?
2: That might be, although it's a little creepy because we used to uh, use uh, tots for short, and we had these like creepy baby doll imagery that we would uh, use. So you know, it's a little, it's a little creepier than
0: than what you might have previously thought.
1: Whatever gets you going, right? <laughs> that was provocative back then.
0: Man, that's hilarious! Like how all that happened because who knows? Like that's really just going out there and really kind of finding yourself in unexpected situations. I definitely want to make (laughs) make some time for you to to promote your your artwork and uh, what you do. Um, So yeah, kind of run me run down for us and the listeners uh, what you know Patreon is and what you're trying to do on the website to really generate uh, your art business
2: so so what, what i've what i 've discovered like I, i've been on the on the search for i I've, I've been drawing for for forever um i've been drawing and painting and making art and just creating stuff uh habitually you know if i if I have any kind of addiction it would be it would be making stuff and like uh, having having to create ideas and then generate those ideas whether it 's music video painting drawing um I would create serial lots of serialized things. I have uh, i made web comics, um, you know many many episodes of those. Lots of one-off drawings and, and paintings, but I never really had an audience for this stuff. I just kind of would post it up on an art site here and there, and it would have some people that liked it. But you know I wasn't creating like sort of pop cultural viral stuff. I mean if you if you look on the internet, the majority of the stuff that goes viral is like you know it's like a you know, somebody did a drawing of Iron Man, or you know, it was like a Harry Potter fan thing, or something like that. And that that's, seems to be the, the the type of work that catches on fire on, on right. the internet. Yeah, yours and is I, more original. And, and and I don't, I mean, I, I've played around with some things like that, and there, and I have some ideas to sort of take some of those things and sort of put my own spin on stuff. But for the for the most part, I I, I like to generate sort of new ideas and, and new ideas are a lot more difficult to catch on to the, to the internet uh, as if you're like, you know, hopping on an already exploded idea. So I, 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 I would just put tons of stuff on online, you know, years ago and it would just, you know, a handful of people would see it and then nothing. It was, you know, and, and I think, a lot of artists sort of experience that uh, where they they put things onto the internet and and they hope think pe- people see them they hope people appreciate them and they can be amazing works they can be really good stuff but then nobody actually sees it and so it fizzles away and I think a lot of people that I you know that I've met over the years have, have given up because of that they've, they've they feel like there's no audience for what they're doing um, over the past year I just like I, I've been consulting with and helping a lot of uh people artists with crowdfunding campaigns because i wanted to figure out how to sort of crack the node on on making a crowdfunding work so i i sort of figured out that and i learned how to how to grow hack social media and i I learned how to really big build big community and audience around these these other artists making these other cool things and i was like well hey if i could do it for these brands and these companies and stuff like that. I should be able, like, I know that what I do is pretty weird, but I should be able to do that for what I'm doing. If I can do it for these other things. So I, I pivoted a little bit and started doing it uh, for myself, building the community, uh, building up the audience. And, and uh, you know, I started with an Instagram account and just started posting more of my drawings and like curated Uh, an account that was just for my drawings. I had previously had an Instagram account that was like for my company where I would just sort of post everything. And it it was just like a repository for everything that I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think social media outlets work a little better when you start creating uh, niches. So I decided to um, leave my company only things that are like professionally related to my company uh you know the the documentaries and the video stuff and then i started an instagram account that was just specifically for my art and that started to become more popular than the other things that i was working on so i decided there must be something to it and then i decided you know like i i have been researching uh this platform called patreon for for a while and i've used it to some effect with my company and making documentaries but I decided that, uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty solid platform to for artists to create a sustainable form of income. Now, at this point, uh, my Patreon is not just, you know, it's not raking in tons of dough, but it's, you know, it's starting to cover, you know, art supply costs and things like that. But as people discover what I do, and as people connect more with the art and, and more with me and and are into what I'm about then they they come more on board and and what i'm using it like the thing that i'm giving away beyond just you know i'm making cool art so that i can sell it to somebody is you know there are different levels uh, that people can subscribe to on patreon they can support it at a dollar they can support it at five dollars they can support it at fifteen dollars or twenty five dollars and I've created different levels of value and engagement for people to support on those, those things. So like the dollar level, they get access to my Patreon feed, which I post things from time to time, like behind the scenes things that nobody else gets to see or like personal, uh, just, just blog posts that are only for, uh, patrons and that's accessible at the dollar level. And then at the $5 level, they, they get all that, but they also get entered into a monthly raffle. And then I do a monthly raffle, and every every month, uh, a random patron gets an original piece of art from me. Um, so so rather, you know, I can't afford to give everybody original art, but once a month, I can afford sure. to uh, give somebody that's contributing $5 a month, you know, a cool piece of art. Um, then at, you know, uh, like the $25 level, they get access to all the, the full-length versions of all my... Um, all my broadcasts from Periscope that get shrunk down into these time-lapse drawings. So I do like these time-lapse videos of my drawings. Um, And I do those by, uh, I broadcast all the work live uh, while I'm drawing it in real time on on Periscope. And in that community, I I, I talk with people that come on and, you know, people that can ask me questions about the drawing, about the artwork. And it it takes me about, you know, six hours to to do uh, a drawing. And uh, you know I I do it you know stops and starts here and there but it's about six hours total time and okay. and and then I just have like real time conversations with people I then save all the footage and then I compress that down into about a minute and a half and then I add a soundtrack to it I write some music for it and then I make a cool little time lapse uh, so you can see in a minute like a minute and a half that drawing evolving you know in, in time and you see the you see the rendering complete to a a final piece and and so that's sort of like the web series or the mvp if you will that i the the minimum viable product that i'm making to give to people that are supporting me on patreon like that that time lapse is the thing that i put out that's free for everybody but the people that contribute on patreon are helping me to continue making those they're helping provide the budget in order to continue making that kind of video content for people to share and enjoy and see the inspiration, the process of the art making. So with Patreon, like anybody can get on that platform. It's not specific to me in any ways, but it's any artist that is making anything, whether it be songs or video or artwork or writing or podcasts, there are a lot of really successful podcasts on Patreon. And it's a way for you to, to get, you know, deeper engagement with your audience you can provide things at different levels which create different different uh
1: opportunities for people uh you just described us kind of how you do your um, patreon benefits and sure. one thing i really want to highlight is a uh, use the platform Thunderclap, where you kind of get people yeah. to pledge that they'll tweet out a link to your yeah patreon page so, so- and you Go ahead. Oh, I mean, I just want to say you kind of had you had an initial goal of, you know, 100 people doing that, but you actually surpassed it and got 144. So I kind of want to ask, how do you feel knowing that people are kind of embracing the weird with you and your lifestyle and they are helping you support your movement?
2: Oh, the, the, that is that is pretty, pretty damn awesome. Uh, like I I have no idea if that's going to convert or if that's going to get me more subscribers or help get the word out or. Or you know maybe for about five minutes on Twitter, uh, embrace the weird may trend for five minutes. Who knows? Like any of that stuff mm. would be just icing on the cake. Um, I I I had no idea how long it would take for me to get a hundred people to opt in to the thunderclap. Like I I so when I initially launched my thunderclap, I I had uh, set my date for two months because like that's like the maximum amount of time that you can like run a thundercat campaign a thunderclap mm-hmm. campaign so mm-hmm. um uh so because i was like i'd never one run one before and i was i was thinking it would be potentially more difficult to do that because people are so precious with their social media um than to run a kickstarter and so, so I tried it as an experiment. I was like, okay, let's, let's, I just want to get the word out. I want to get more people talking about like what I'm doing on Patreon. And, and I figured that that platform would help with that. So like I launched the thing and then within like within four days, I, I got over a hundred people to, to do it. And it like was wow. pretty satisfying to see that, happen like i i wasn't expecting that to happen now now primarily that were like those were people that i have uh some some level of real world relationship with on
0: on mm-hmm. facebook facebook twitter um yeah but that was
2: like that was the first the first hundred and then i switched gears to promoting primarily onto twitter where i started you know just talking about it and posting more about it and you know, and even to some people's chagrin, I decided to start doing some direct messaging about it my my theory was if people are following me on Twitter, and, and that like the only way I can direct message them is if they are following me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And which means in theory they should be interested in what I'm doing. So like they shouldn't be turned off or offended if I send them a direct message saying, Hey, here's a cool thing that I'm doing. Um, like, would you like to participate? You know, some people were turned off, you know, some people freaked out. Some people went on diatribes about, uh, you know, politics for <laughs> no reason whatsoever, other than I guess you I got to throw a it in there, words. you know, I the yeah. can of words by, by, uh, I, I, you know, I think the, one of the, some of the wording I used was like, you know, thinking slightly left of center, you know, like a, a perspective slightly left of center and, there was more than one uh, political narcissist that went crazy about the language of the use of left of center, which I was using as a, a way of describing something unique or odd. Oh, and so they kind of got caught in there. they went down the politic path of like being left wing, you know, and like, uh... Uh, what, you know, I, that, that uh, a few people th- thought of that. I don't – but, you know, the majority mm-hmm. of people – we're into it. The majority of the people responded favorably, and I still I still keep getting people that filter on to the thunderclap, you know, because I still have a few days left before it actually launches. Um, you know, like uh, I think it's less than ten days now, but like it's okay. gonna it's gonna be launching pretty pretty soon, and there's still people trickling on to the thing. So, you know, I think I think that's pretty cool. Like we've got over. Uh, oh, like well over a social media reach of 2 million on the uh, Thunderclap so far. So I, th- you know, I've never had anything that I've ever done TV shows included that were presented to over 2 million people all at the same time. So the, the, it, it'll be interesting. You know, if it doesn't go anywhere, if that, if that link just falls dead, you know, it, then then, maybe that's telling about you know maybe I should uh, something else, focus something differently, but you know like if if it doesn't if it connects with the right people if if the demographics are lined up and if the stars are lined up and people like what they see, you know maybe suddenly the 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 patreon becomes a sustainable platform
0: yeah we'll see i I know it's uh it's ending in in a few days, so i'm gonna I'm gonna try and follow that and see where it goes. And uh hopefully it works out with you getting yeah, a few yeah, more me too. patrons. I um, mean
2: I am also I'm also shifting I'm also getting ready to uh set up a platform. Uh I've been re- doing research to like art markets and things, so I can uh set up a platform to sell like limited edition signed prints and original works uh from the website, which is not something that I have had set up in the past. Um but you know, you gotta you gotta allow
0: access for people to buy stuff if you if you want them to sell it or if you want to be able to sell it exactly exactly and um just you know to describe describe a little bit about the embrace the weird um you know a little bit about your artwork um can you describe a little bit about how you paint and what it what it kind of looks like and what kind of inspires you
2: well a lot of what i do is just simple uh black and white pen and ink drawings and uh you know i've been influenced over the years over um you know, uh, people like Edward Gorey and Richard Sala and, 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 and people that do like, like sort of, uh, very unique, uh, highly rendered, highly detailed, uh, illustrations. And, and I kind of just have my own language that I've been developing over the years over, over the kind of imagery and patterns and things that I create, you know, it's, I create images that are kind of grotesque. They're kind of surreal. Some have characters, some don't, some are more abstract, Um, but they, they somehow all live in the same world together. And, you know, I've been drawing and developing this style, you know, since like high school, you know, uh, since, you know, probably 1994 at least. And, and you know, I mean, I was in, in elementary school. I was like drawing in the in my notebooks and stuff like that. But like pretty much my entire life, people have described what I do as weird, you know. Like, uh, and and it can be taken as a derogatory term, uh, where where it's like people, you know, like
0: yeah, yeah that's weird. That's saw, yeah. that's fucked
2: up. That's yeah, that's yeah. you know, I, I don't like it. <laughs> um, but but then like you know. At, at a certain point, you know, what's weird to them means that I'm doing something that they've never seen before, you know, or like mm. I, I'm, I'm tapping into an idea that is making somebody uncomfortable in a way that, you know, some like, you know, something new and something fresh, uh, you know, like like uh, when, when it, let's say you walk into a neighborhood um, that is uh, primarily predominantly uh, one culture and you're of a different culture and you walk into that neighborhood and everybody looks at you' like that's fucking weird you know why is that fucking person here and but then like you talk to them and and you embrace who you are and then they open up to to that weirdness and then then, then suddenly the weird is not uncomfortable it's it's something that just bridged the gap between uh, two people it made some, it made people think it made people open up. And, and I think that I, I, am basically just trying to create conversation points, you know, things that inspire people, like the, the language of the art that I'm, I'm playing in is like just getting people to question what's, what's normal, question their own reality, um, question what's acceptable, uh, question what's beautiful and what's not beautiful. Uh, and, And, and that's, that's sort of, where I'm going with a lot of that stuff, I I I do a lot of it in black and white. That that sort of appeals to me. I like the flow of the ink. I've been getting. I, I used to do a lot more painting. Uh, that has been sort of on hold for the last few years. But I, in the past uh, few months, I started getting into a new a series of painting that explores that world and and that highly rendered, uh, you know, sort of over the top use of pattern and and layer and depth and hopefully the the paintings will also uh you know get people talking and and opening up and and figuring out what makes them what inspires them and what what makes them think about who they are
1: whoa and that right there i mean you just blow my mind all the stuff that you've done and you've gotten into (laughs) and wow yeah it's, (laughs) it's
0: really interesting you know i'm sure they'll yeah. speak speak words when when people actually see your art uh, your artistry and everything
1: uh you know oh, hopefully people dig it who knows <laughs> <laughs> well, i think they will man you are a, you are an interesting person but thank I mean, you. we just want to thank you for your time and just sure. spreading all the knowledge and craziness with us. could you could you just drop how on social media our listeners can follow you and connect with you real quickly?
2: Uh yeah, on 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 Twitter, Instagram, uh it's uh and 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 Periscope and Vine, uh just at Brian A Bernhard. Uh and then I guess uh it's just uh uh B-R-I-A-N-A B-E-R-N-H-A-R-D. Uh, it's at Brian A Bernhard on all those platforms, and then on uh, on Facebook it's uh, Brian A Bernhard uh, dash artist because I wanted to figure out a way to differentiate between my regular profile and my artist profile. Okay. So I put artist on it on Facebook. Um, so yeah, that's that's primarily where people can find me. I'm also on uh, Snapchat as Brian A Bernhard. Um, yeah i uh I, I used to have all these different internet handles and and web tags that I would use but I just like you know when i when I decided to sort of relaunch my my art platform uh last year it, under the whole weird thing I just uh, you know i decided to own own it you know I'm sick of like coming up with different identities you know and and all these different things it's just it's just me it's just who I am it's you know if you like it you like it if you don't you don't <laughs>
1: Well, the people are gonna like it, man. They're definitely gonna like it. But man, we just wanna thank you once again for sharing all the wisdom and storytellings with us. I'm sure our fans are gonna appreciate it because I know me and my co-host did. Oh man. Just thank you so much for stopping by. We yeah, really it was uh, fun talking it. with
0: you guys. Definitely. Now you can keep you can move out. Uh find a place for your Emmy. Yeah, yeah, right?
1: we, gotta, <laughs> I mean, we still we
2: still gotta find a find a place. I gotta I gotta
1: do a lot of dusting. So it'll be exciting. Well, we wish you the best of luck with moving, Brian. Once again, great having you on. Man.
0: And there you have it. That was Brian A. Bernhardt telling us to embrace the weird. You embracing it, man?
1: <laughs> I'm embracing something after that, man. That's He really is such a talented wordsmith right there. I think the audience and viewers got a lot of visionaries and a lot of just mental images you can tell like he's an artist. That that's definitely what I got from this interview. He's definitely an artist.
0: Yeah, he definitely has a way of uh way of words and and um and it does probably translate into his his paintings to where you can mm-hmm. see how much he's gone through, how much experience he has and and he pours it into what he has working for him. So we'll definitely, you know, send us some links on to where you can get his paintings and, and support um another big key takeaway that I took a or there were two platforms that I was unaware of and maybe our listeners were unaware of, uh, which was uh, Patreon and, and Thunderclap, uh, two kind of websites to really help spread your message. So if you're like an artist, producer, director, if you have a message, those are kind of two ways that you can kind of look into looking into uh, spreading spreading the word of what you want to do as an independent artist.
1: Yeah, and I definitely had no idea about them. And I think one of the kind of interesting things about them is uh, Patreon lets you basically um, be funded through donations. So that's kind of like the page you go to where um, you create and you let out your idea and what you want to do. And people can go support it by donating money to you monthly. And you can give them awards based on how much they donate and things of that nature. If you listen to the podcast, um, Brian kind of goes in more depth what he does in that aspect. But another cool one is a Thunderclap. So a Thunderclap is basically you have this idea, or concept, you write about it, and make a video, and you basically get people to pledge that whenever your um, your idea takes off or launches, that they will basically support you by posting a link to whatever you're doing. So it could be you know a Twitter link, a Facebook link, or some link. But they basically say that hey we will support you by posting a link out to our network. So it doesn't cost anything to do, which is kind of cool. And it's definitely a way to kind of get the buzz going where you have people who may not be able to you know, support you financially, but they can always post the link, post about it, and kind of get some traffic and buzz going your way.
0: Yeah. And I was looking at a video before we started recording, and the White House actually was one of the first people to use it where they were kind of spreading a message about gun violence. And they got a bunch of people to, to, you know, support their thunderclap movement. So when the period of time was done, they got a bunch of supporters and were able to generate a a big following because of that social media platform. And even Brian was able to get 2 million people to, uh, his reach was 2 million people after he had 100 supporters and their Collective social media uh following equaled out to two million people. So imagine if you had two hundred people on there, 300,
1: 400 So it's definitely a way to get you launched off the ground. Mm-hmm. I think that was like the quickest way he's ever got something seen by two million people. And he's done a lot of stuff as he alludes to an interview. He's done a lot of stuff, and that's what's his a most view project. Mm-hmm. A lot.
0: Well, anyway, but uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Emilio, tell them where they can reach us at.
1: Man, once again, once again, we come to that time. If you want to give us feedback, let us know how well we're doing, let us know how qualified we are to be doing this, or any positive emotional support, you can reach us on Twitter at educated underscore hustle. You can reach us on Snapchat at educatorhustle hustle, one word, one word. You can also reach us on Instagram at educated hustle podcast and the, the most direct link and how you can connect with us email you can get at us at educated hustle podcast at gmail.com once again that is educated hustle podcast at com let me get my water like always after that <laughs>
0: <laughs> got you but that pretty much concludes it unless you got something else to say
1: Man, the only thing I want to say is please, creators, innovators, artists, use what Brian has said and told you to just go out there and keep perfecting your craft. Do not give up. Hopefully, these two platforms of Patreon and Thunderclap kind of put something in you and make you want to go out there and try them out. But don't give up. Keep being creative. Keep being supportive of what you do, even if no one else is, because sometimes you got to be your own biggest fan. You know, me and Paul are biggest fans right now. But <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta dive in and be your own biggest fan because eventually, other people are gonna get on the bandwagon and start believing in you.
0: Most definitely, most importantly, stay educated and keep hustling.